The Bible says, Get wisdom, and with all thy gettings, get understanding. Welcome to Learnable Podcast. This is a place where everyday people study the Bible for themselves and transfer its treasures to the next generation. Damsel writes, hosts this podcast. She is a firm believer of digging deep into the Bible for yourself and transferring its treasures to children. She is also a lover of chocolate cake. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to know you through your words. Speak to our hearts, we pray. Amen. Today, we have a guest on the show. Her name is Hope Bollinger. Hope is an editor at Salem and a multi-published novelist. More than a thousand of her works have been featured in various publications, ranging from Writer's Digest to Keys for Kids. She has worked for various publishing companies, magazines, newspapers, and literary agencies. And she has edited the works of many authors, such as Jerry B. Jenkins and Michelle Medlock Adams. Our own novel, Modern Day Daniel Trilogy, released its first two installations with Illuminate YA. And the final one, Vision, is going to be released this year in August. Today, Hope will be sharing on the book of Daniel. You can connect with Hope on our website, www.hopebullinger.com. So today I really want to talk about the book of Daniel. If you know anything about me, it's one of the books I'm most obsessed about in the Old Testament and honestly in the Bible overall. And obviously I could talk for hours about this subject, but I'm going to try to whittle it down to three major points I'd really like to cover about this book. So I'm excited to dive into this. If you heard it in the intro, I actually wrote a trilogy based on the book of Daniel. So this is kind of my uh, area of expertise, I suppose, in comparison with uh, some of the other books that you may find in scripture. So the three points I really do want to cover today about why Daniel is really relevant to our lives today is I first want to talk about Daniel's age and why I think that is really important. I think we uh, will also cover the importance of how Daniel reacts to a very different culture that he is thrown into. And finally, I really want to cover how Daniel interacts with his enemies and really cares for them. Now, uh, kind of before we dive into this, I'm sure many of you feel that we are increasingly kind of being thrown into a modern Babylon whether we're talking about the workplace or sometimes even within our own churches, we often feel like the foreigner. We feel like we are uh, the odd man out and it's becoming harder and harder for Christians to be Christians in whatever setting they are in. So I think the book of Daniel is important not only because of the prophecies we see in Daniel 7 through 12. Try not to look too deeply into those because some people have... Um, 
dove off of a deep end when we're talking about the 70 weeks, abomination of desolation, all that fun stuff. But I think it's also important not only with the end times content, but also just to look at the character of Daniel. We see in Daniel chapters 1 through 6 something known as the Babylonian narratives in which we see Daniel and his friends essentially standing strong in their identity, particularly their Israelite identity when they have essentially been captured and taken into a completely different culture. So with this context in mind, let's dive into the three points that I had mentioned. First of all, Let's take a look at Daniel's age. Now, if you didn't know what Daniel's age was before this, fret not. I had 12 years of Christian education before I found this out. And so it's it just is a testament that you will always be surprised by the Bible, no matter how many times you reread over passages. So I was in a gen ed class, and we were going over the entire Old Testament in a semester. So you can imagine that was a lot of information at once. And it was a 9 a.m. lecture. I was zoning out, and the professor said something that kind of made me zone in, got my attention immediately. And here's what she said. She said that Daniel and his friends were about 14 or 15 when they were taken into the Babylonian captivity. And that kind of stopped me dead right there. I never really considered them being that young. Uh, If you look at the ages of people throughout the Bible, such as the disciples who were probably in their teens or honestly early 20s at the latest, you're going to be surprised by God using people who are seem to be too old or too young for their particular calling. And I definitely feel that way about Daniel in this case. I'd always pictured him being in his 30s or maybe something a little bit older than that. But that uh, wasn't the case. He was in his teenage years. Now, it's been a few years since I've been a teenager. I want to say it's been six years now uh, since I was 18. And uh, I'm sure y'all remember that those were some of the most impressionable times of life. You don't really quite know who you are at that point. Your frontal lobe isn't fully formed. And I think the Babylonians knew this when they took the Israelites into captivity, when they took the best of the best, essentially, the richest, most good-looking men of noble families. Daniel would have fallen into this category. And so when the Babylonians took him into captivity, I think they really wanted to make an impression on him in not a good way. We see this when they're thrown into a Babylonian education for three years. Sounds a little bit like high school, anyone? And um, and still we see Daniel and his friends excelling at their studies. They seem to get the attention of the king in this way. We see this in Daniel 1. And I think it's just really interesting that even though they were taken during some of their most impressionable years, they still stand strong in their identity. And that kind of brings us to the next point. So obviously, Daniel and his friends are being thrown into a culture that's completely different than their own. This is obviously prior to when we see Hellenization and everything try to take over Jewish culture in the 300s. Right now, we're in the late 500s BC. So it's a few centuries removed from that time period. But we see this kind of throughout Israel's history where an enemy will come in and essentially they'll try to get the Israelites to morph into a different culture, different values. 
And considering that Daniel and his friends would have had a Babylonian education, which would have included the language, they probably would have had classes, honestly, on divination, on magical arts, on the Babylonian religion, we can at least assume that latter one was included in their education. So we have to think they're being thrown kind of into a public school setting uh, where they're being taught everything that they know not to be right. And still we see in Daniel 1, Daniel 3, Daniel 6, they are standing strong in their identity and are still thriving in their culture. Of course, we know this also means that they may encounter some dangers down the road. Uh, For instance, in Daniel 3, uh, Daniel's three friends are thrown into the fiery furnace for not worshiping the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had made of himself. And of course, later, Daniel doesn't get off the hook because in Daniel 6, he gets thrown into the lion's den for praying to Yahweh, praying to God. So... Um, they are, they are still standing strong in their identity, though. They end up in positions of high power. Daniel essentially becomes not Nebuchadnezzar's bestie, but Nebuchadnezzar really treasures Daniel, and it is surmised that during Nebuchadnezzar's brief stint in the wilderness in Daniel 5 that, uh, Daniel kind of took over a little bit and, uh, ran operations until, uh, essentially Nebuchadnezzar's son and then eventually grandson took over. So they're really thriving. And so I think it's really a testament that we see they're standing strong in their identity as God's people, and they're still doing well. I think a lot of times as Christians, we face the temptation to really blend into our culture, to not really stand strong in what we believe in. We know that could sometimes ostracize us in the workplace, in school, in any setting, But I think um, when we are wrestling with that, we should look to the example of Daniel and what he does when he is thrown into a different culture. For our final point, I think something that is really important, especially when we are in such a culture of vindication, vengeance is mine, eye for eye, we see so much of this, how Daniel reacts to his enemies. And we really need to kind of explore the context of this. Daniel does not go into Babylon with his family. We can assume that his family probably was killed or had starved in the Babylonian siege or you know something horrific probably happened to someone he knew it was not PG stuff it was it was gory he saw some horrific things as a teenager that he could never unsee and it was all at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar and so it's really important to know this because you know in our cultural mindset Daniel would be in any right to be really mad at Nebuchadnezzar to want to see him fail to want to see him toppled by his enemies but if we look at scripture we kind of see the opposite. So if you look at Daniel 4 and sorry earlier I said Daniel 5 I really meant Daniel 4. Daniel 5 is the writing on the wall. Daniel 4 is when uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream of tree and then essentially goes a little bit crazy and acts like a wild animal for a little bit. So when Nebuchadnezzar tells Daniel his dream, and we've learned in earlier chapters that Daniel has been given the gift of being able to interpret dreams, uh, Daniel realizes what the implications of this are. It means that Babylon is not going to have its formidable ruler on the throne And it means that Nebuchadnezzar is going to get a massive lesson in humility. And Daniel is actually worried for Nebuchadnezzar. He's really sad that this is what this dream 
is about. And I think it's a really big testament that even though Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel don't share the same values pretty much at all, Nebuchadnezzar has essentially uh, driven Daniel's life in Israel off course, and Daniel is going to be stuck in Babylon and what will eventually be Medo-Persia for the rest of his life. Daniel still cares deeply about his enemies. And we really do see this in the example of Jesus. We see this in an example of the apostles when they're being persecuted. We see this in the testament of martyred saints, that people care more about their enemies, about what will happen to their enemies, than what their enemies did to them. And so I think that is really something that's important. Uh, There are a lot of people in our lives who I'm sure we can think of who are extremely antagonistic. And it's a huge temptation to try to get revenge in some way, try to get vengeance, try to be petty, as our culture likes to be. And I think it's really important to look at Daniel, look at his friends, see how they interacted with essentially the enemies of God's people, and really learn from that. So that's all the time we have for today. That kind of covers some brief insights into the book of Daniel. Obviously, I could talk forever on this, but I think I will just leave you with those three points to remember uh, Daniel's age, uh, how Daniel interacted with his culture, and how Daniel interacted with his enemies. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. We would love for you to also dig deeper into your study of the Bible. So... We have put together a free Bible study guide, which is tailored for everyday people just like you. To get a copy, all you have to do is go to damselwrites.simplymore.co.uk and that is damselwrites.simplymore.co.uk and download your own copy. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, share with a friend and remember to leave a rating. Five stars are our favorite type. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful day. And we'll see you in the next episode. Shalom.